Welcome to the You Glow Nurse Podcast, where we are growing and glowing through our nursing journey and practicing real self-care along the way. Ready for the real glow up? Join the conversation with me, your host, Fallon Lopez, BSN RN, Certified Health and Wellness Coach and CEO of RU Well, where I empower new nurses to adapt to busy nurse life by creating real self-care strategies that boost energy and build real self-confidence. So if you're struggling to keep afloat in this busy nurse life and ready to ditch the hustle culture, this is a space for you. Let's dive on in to today's episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe to our online community and here on the podcast for more self-care resources. Let's do it, y'all. All right, today I wanna talk about how to glow through the imposter syndrome. Welcome to another episode of the You Glow Nurse podcast. Today's episode, we are focusing in on what exactly imposter syndrome is all about. And I wanna let you know a few things and um, share with you a few ways that you can see if you are experiencing imposter syndrome and what to do instead, how you can heal instead. So did you know imposter syndrome doesn't just happen to new nurses? You do not have to be a new nurse to experience imposter syndrome. Okay, look, according to Harvard, 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 excuse me, according to the Harvard Business review. Anytime a nurse moves into a new job role, a new a new experience, or even has new responsibilities, they may question their abilities. So surprisingly, it can be more common throughout a nurse's career than you think. A lot of people may hear the word imposter syndrome or hear the phrase imposter syndrome and think, oh, well, that's just something for new nurses, newbies go through. Well, the stats are in Harvard Business Review actually says that no, nurses can experience this throughout their nursing career. The repeating thought, the repeating theme that can happen is, okay, I'm not good enough. I'm not doing enough. I could never be enough. The overall theme of imposter syndrome is a negative one, negative thoughts that enter. And uh, today I want to share more about what imposter syndrome can show up as and the ways that you can do the internal work, because a lot of it is that internal work that we have to work through. It's that internal narrative that we have to change. And so today I want to share a few ways that you can identify imposter syndrome in your life as a nurse, wherever you are in your career and what to do instead. So Don't forget to join my nursing community. If you're listening in and you're like, I like this, I want to learn more about it, don't forget to join my community so you can get more wellness, more health and wellness, more insights, more tips on how to survive and adapt to busy nurse life. You can get your free self-care starter kit in the link below. I will share that in the show notes. So going back to our topic, just had to make a few announcements really quick to share um, some some value for you nurses that may be listening, but back to the imposter syndrome. Okay. Like I said, feeling like an imposter is more common than you may believe. Nurses may be like, oh, once I get the title, once I graduate nursing school, I got this. I I have nothing to worry about, nothing to fear. But the reality is that these feelings can come up throughout our career, not just when you enter nursing school, but throughout different changes in your career. So you want to be prepared. You want to have the tools to work through it, to do that inner internal work so that you can really change the negative narrative if you are experiencing it. The feelings of not 
being enough do not define you. If you are experiencing imposter syndrome, feeling like a fraud, feeling like a fake, like you're not good enough, these thoughts, this belief does not have to define your abilities as a nurse. Instead, I want to challenge those beliefs. I want you to, after listening to this episode with me, I want you to be able to challenge those thoughts and beliefs that keep you stuck by doing the work so that you can really, truly show up at your highest capacity as a nurse and beyond as just an overall woman um, in this world that wants to make an impact. And happy International Women's Day to us. Happy Women's Month to us all. Okay, so I remember as a new nurse and again in a new role, I would constantly battle with feelings like a feeling like I'm a fraud, feeling like I'm an imposter, feeling like I'm fake or I'm not good enough. So here's where I want to share a little bit of my story so that you can know my background and why I even choose to bring up imposter syndrome. For me, I just, even when I got my degree, even when I became a nurse, I was, you know, I just never really felt confident. I would be the one that would answer the questions. I would pass my tests. I would do all of the things, show up in clinicals, but I still never felt enough. I, I never felt like I was a good enough nurse. And there were things that I was uh, processing in my own life uh, around my self-worth, my self-confidence, my value, things that I didn't really know. I just thought I was like um, shy. That's what I, I would tell myself, like, oh, I get embarrassed. I'm shy. Things like that. Um, but really, it was, you know, like an imposter syndrome, like feeling like I'm not a good enough nurse. And it started in nursing school as an LVN in my career. It, it, it translated into my career, never really being able to stand up for myself, you know, never really being able to be that firm nurse. Like if somebody told me something that didn't agree with me, I would more likely cave in. And that's also another issue with boundaries, not having healthy boundaries. And that's something that we can talk about at a later time, or you can listen to in one of my podcast episodes. I'm just trying to get comfortable here. Ooh, my pillow. Okay. Got to make sure the back is supported. Um, and boundaries is another is another thing that I struggle with setting healthy boundaries, knowing my limits, knowing my 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 strengths, my weaknesses. I really didn't understand that. I thought, oh, once I get my nursing degree, I'm good, I'm set, I'm an, I'm I'm good. Like I'm gonna be learning, but I'm gonna feel confident. But it just didn't happen. I always felt like I wasn't good enough. It was just this internal narrative that would roll over in, in my head, and it would make me feel like I had to prove myself. A lot of times, like I had to work really, really hard to be good enough to be accepted to be a good nurse. And it was like torture, not really seeing my value, my worth, what I brought to the table. And so I really couldn't show up in the leader. I would sit at the back of the table. I would sit at the back of the room, you know, not really wanting to share my voice, not really wanting to share my input. And as an imposter, if you're somebody that struggles with imposter syndrome, you know, you are going to want to dim your light. You're going to want to put your your talents on the back burner and may even be like, well, it's not good enough. It's not perfect enough. So if you've ever experienced any of that, that that's what it may sound like. And it's something that I went through. I would do all the things to help me build my confidence, but I severely lacked belief in myself. I just lacked this self-belief. And it, a lot of it wasn't just, oh, it just happened. It was, and through therapy, 
therapy has helped me learn. You know, it was things from my upbringing, from my past that caused me to have this negative narrative inside. Like I'm a poster, I'm a fake, I'm a fraud. And um, it stems from my upbringing. And it would translate into my work, how I treated my patients, how I showed up at work. I would be very reserved. Like I said, sitting at the back of the table, at the back of the room in meetings, I would dim my lights. But I knew something had to change. And it wasn't until I got into therapy, started putting my self-care first, started working on myself, doing that internal work, was I then able to change the internal narrative that told me that I wasn't good enough. But I really had to go and do the work and see where it stemmed from. Where did it come from? What was making me believe that I wasn't good enough? And tonight I want to share three ways that you can identify if you're experiencing imposter syndrome and how you can heal. Okay. And stay tuned for sure for these three tips that I'm going to help you work through. I'm going to share with you three ways that to tell if you're facing imposter syndrome and then the three ways to help you heal. And then um, I'm going to share some uh, exciting news with you at the end of the episode. So you don't want to miss out for that. Some ways to stay connected with me if you are enjoying this wellness check-in. All right. So number one, one of the ways, and it's not the number one way, is but one of the ways that you may experience or where you can tell if you're experiencing imposter syndrome, one of the signs is constant comparison. Look, us women, we do this and it's second nature. We grow up in households where you are compared to your your siblings on a regular basis every day. I don't know if that happened to you, but on, on my end, we were comparing each other, ourselves to each other, to my siblings, to my cousins, to everyone around me. I would see others excel only to feel like I could never measure up. Now, if you are experiencing imposter syndrome, you're get, you you possibly can experience this constant comparison. Like, okay, they're doing so well, they're excelling, they're doing so great in the career, but I could never excel. I could never measure up. You constantly compare your your success to their success. And you may not even see your success as a success you see mainly the other person on the other side seeing their success and then comparing it to where you're at. The healing really begins when you can make the internal shift. Instead of comparing and being competitive, which can sometimes come second nature to women, it is something that we're known for, for being very comparison, competitive. But let's change that narrative about women. And look, I can be honest and say that I've done it myself. I still struggle with comparing myself and being competitive. And it's this internal thing where I have to check myself log off all the way off. And what is going on? The healing begins when you can really shift that perspective and look at others as opening doors. They're leading the way. Maybe this person is in a career path that you that you want, or this person that you're comparing yourself to has a life, has a lifestyle, has the money, has the opportunities that you want. Instead of it being something like, oh, I can't have that. I can never measure up. I can never be that way. I don't have enough. Instead of looking at it like that. Let's shift the perspective, taking time. Okay. Yes. I identify this is good for them. This is great. 
But instead of it just being, okay, I don't have enough, shift to, oh, wow, I'm inspired by these people. These women the, that are accomplishing and excelling in their areas, they're opening doors. They're, they're creating new pathways and so that I can come through, so I can follow through as well. Become inspired by these women or these people that you're seeing that you may be comparing yourself to that is making you feel like you're not going to able to. You're not able to measure up or that you're an imposter or that you could that you're a fraud and you're not good enough or whatever the the narrative that you may be telling yourself. Another way that you can heal from the constant comparison is limiting triggering accounts. Let's be real. Social media shows you the highlight reels. Okay, everyone is showing you the best side, but you don't know what those people have been through to get to that best side, to get to that picture perfect moment. So never discount discount others' journeys and just compare it to yourself and just look at it like, oh, I could never do that. I would never be enough. I could never at this. Instead of doing that, you know, do the internal work and maybe limit some social media time. I know I have to do that. I have to take regular social media breaks because this is something that I'm dealing with too. And I pray all the time, Lord, what is it that you want to show me? How are you growing me in this area? And I really feel like the imposter syndrome comparison, these are things that I'm still growing on because look, for 30 plus years, I have been living and thinking in the same way. These are cycles that you have to break and not just one time. You're going to continually break and grow through these these cycles on a regular basis. You're going to have to do work. There are going to be new triggers coming at you, but now you have the tools. Now it's going to be easier because you have the tools and you can identify, okay, maybe I need to limit my time on social media. How can I shift this perspective and look at it it as inspiration when I see people excelling? And so that is one way you can know um, if you are experiencing imposter syndrome and how to heal from that constant comparison. Okay, another way that you may um, just uh, know if you are experiencing comparison or I'm sorry, imposter syndrome is if you experience a lot of self-pity. Now, this is one that I work through with my counselor and I am in no way a counselor, but I want to give you realistic tools to help you break free from these cycles. So Seth, Self-pity, this is how I would just like define it. And then I want to give you um, a way to heal through it, of course. Um, Self-pity is like the woe is me attitude. The world is against me. There is no personal responsibility with this self-pity. And you really don't, (laughs) you really don't realize that's what you're doing. I always thought I was just depressed. I would always cry and put myself down. And I really didn't realize what I was doing. I was in these pity parties. And my, my therapist had to tell me like, Fallon, what is it that you're doing here? Can you, what are you doing to yourself when I would cry, when I would tell myself I could never be this, I could never do this. I'm just the poor Latina girl. I don't have the experience. My my parents didn't go to college. My parents didn't save money for me. I would have this woe is me attitude. The world is out to get me. I don't have the responsibility. I don't, I'm not able to take action. That self-pity is a poor, it's, it, it stems from a lot of poor self-talk. Um, despite even if you're excelling in areas, and this may just have been like a, a defensive mechanism that you may have developed over time. And I know for personally, me, I'm I'm speaking on my end, that it was a defense mechanism for me to feel bad about myself, to feel pity, and to just uh, go into like a cycle of like feeling bad for myself. Oh, it was kind of like me trying to 
to reassure myself, to comfort myself. But it really was not comforting. Like, oh, it's okay. You didn't have these things. You didn't do these things. Your parents, you know, like kind of trying to comfort myself, but it it was not at all authentic. Like it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't helpful. It was, it was just putting me into a pit again and again and again. And it wasn't until my therapist could call me out, but she did it in a loving way. Fallon, what are you doing? How is this helping you? So one way that I will say, if you're experiencing self-pity, of course, talk to a mentor, talk to a trusted counselor, someone who is experienced to work through this. But one way, if you may identify with this uh, imposter syndrome, um, maybe like a way that you may be experiencing imposter syndrome, um, the way that you can heal through it is when you're able to take back your power, when you are able to take back that personal responsibility, like, yes, I, but this happened to me. Yes. My life. I didn't have these experiences. I didn't have this education. I didn't have whatever it is, but I still can make choices. I can still take back my power and I can still grow from this. So the healing can begin once you are able to see like you do have power. You do have responsibility to do better, to learn better. You can adapt. You are resilient. You do have resources. Maybe it's not like everybody else, maybe other people around you, but you have resources within you. And once you start let you know letting that idea in, you can let go of the idea of perfection. That is something else that made me feel so much of a self-pity is having this idea of being perfect, having it all together, having the right words to say, oh, I don't say words like that person. I don't talk like them. I don't look like them. No, let go of this idea of perfection and comparison and self-pity and start identifying you. What is your unique value that you bring to the table? What is it that you can bring to the table? Take back your power and responsibility. Another, another way that you can identify if you are experiencing imposter syndrome and you're like, I'm not sure, Fallon. I just feel shy. I just feel kind of like, you know, I'm laid back. I don't really do much. Am I experiencing an imposter syndrome as a nurse? Here is another way that you may be experiencing that. If you have a very low self-belief, what is that? Self-belief. Look, all of these self-words, self-love, self-confidence, um, all of these self words, and it, I just love hearing it. But another one that I'm gonna throw at you and challenge you with is if you're experiencing low self belief. So ha- this is basically having a negative self view. Like you see yourself in a very dim lighting, in a low, low way. Your self efficacy—that's your your self belief. It's it's impaired because you don't believe. It's the way you believe in whether or not you can get better or you can do better or you can go after your goals. If you can go for that raise, if you can go for that higher position, it's your belief if you can achieve it. And it's crazy because growing up, I had such of a negative self-belief, self-view. Like it was a lot of it was from my upbringing. So this can be the same for you. A lot of it stems from upbringing and messages that I was told by my family members, by friends, by relationships. And it may have not necessarily been my family's, um, my parents specifically. It may have not been their goal to send me those messages. And this is why I just I just pray for parents out here. You know, it takes a real patient and loving parent to raise a whole human being out here. So I have no like. I have nothing against my parents. You know, they were trying to do the best with what they had. 
And this is what they gave me. And it did. I It gave me some messages that I had to perform to be loved. I had to be the best daughter to be accepted. And that was like, you know, listening and not doing bad things and, you know, like, Whatever they told me I had to do. And so when I didn't excel, when I didn't meet those marks that they set for me, I had, you know, I just would experience like, okay, like, I'm not good. I'm bad. I'm not a good person. I'm not a good daughter. I'm not good enough. And these messages entered into me. You know, and I believe in spiritual warfare. You know, this the this is the enemy out here trying to get to me, trying to stop me from my impact. But it wasn't until I got into therapy later on to identify these things. Okay, I have a negative self view, and it came from my upbringing. But not to say that I blame my my people. You know, not to say that I blame my parents or that I res- I'm resentful towards them. But now I'm able to identify. Now I don't want to stay stuck in that cycle. How can I get out. Now that I've identified where it comes from, how can I get out? To heal, you must change your inner dialogue. To come to believe that you are worthy. So this is not like an overnight thing. Like I'm talking about it. It sounds so easy. It may be sounding like, oh, Fallon, this is just a walk in the park. You change yourself dialogue. You just start believing in yourself and knowing that you're worthy. This takes time, sis. This takes time. A lot of patience, a lot of self-compassion, another self-word up in there, self-compassion. It takes time to build a new relationship with the new you, the new one. And I'm on this process as well. And that is one of the reasons why I am so passionate about health and wellness, about helping others who want to help people like my nurses, because sometimes we get so, so caught up in like, okay, let me help. Let me give then I'm a good person, then I am worthy, then I can, you know, I can prove myself or whatever the message that you may be experiencing. I've experienced those, all of those that I'm saying, that's what I I would tell myself um, so that, you know, I can um, give my best or be my best. And that really was a place coming from a place of lack of scarcity. So in order to build up my self-worth, I didn't have to do more for others or give more and sacrifice myself and my time and my well-being and my mental and my physical. That did not improve my self-worth. That did not grow my self-worth. What helped me grow my self-worth, my self-belief, was building a better relationship with myself, realizing, okay, that didn't serve me. That way of operating, those cycles, those those patterns, those way of believing in myself, it didn't serve me. So what can I do now? How can I improve my self-care? Better self-care can help you improve your self-belief, your self-worth, your self-love. It all stems from self-care. And I'm not talking about just bubble baths and, you know, just putting on the face masks on the weekends. No, I'm talking about daily self-care. Self-care is how you treat yourself. And that's that's why I'm so passionate about what I do as a health and wellness coach, because I love seeing people have that shift. Okay, I've been doing, I've been giving. Now it's time for me to give back to me. Now it's time for me to grow. Now it's time for me to grow and glow. How can I improve these, these negative habits, this way of living that did not serve me? How can I improve? And self-care is one way that we do that. So 
feelings of not being enough for your in your new role as a nurse or in any role, even if you're a new nurse, because we learned already there's been studies out already that a nurse can experience imposter syndrome throughout her career, not just as a new nurse. Whenever you're starting something new, you're doing something new, you're changing, you can experience it. So it's more common than we think. Imposter syndrome is more common than we think. Now people are talking about it, but you know, you may be operating in these levels and you may not even know it, but go ahead and listen back to those ways that you can identify if you're struggling with imposter syndrome and what to do. So feelings of not being enough in your role as a nurse are common struggles among high achievers. Look, we high achievers out here. If you're a nurse, if you were in nursing school, you know, you know the high achievers. You know what it looks like, and you're probably one too. Holding on to perfection, holding on to everything to look good, to feel good, and you want everything to be impactful. You want to be the best at what you do because that's what we got into nursing for. We want to make a difference. We want to make an impact. But if you're struggling with imposter syndrome, this constant internal struggle, it can be a sign of something deeper. All the things that we've talked tonight talked about tonight, I worked through them and identified them with a with a coach, with a counselor. So I didn't do this work on my own. Counseling and upping your my daily, your daily, our daily self-care practices is going to help you break out of the cycles that are holding you back, making you feel like an imposter. But it does not have to hold you back from being the impactful nurse that you are meant to be. You have the resources. You are capable, but it's up to you to take action. You may have listened to this podcast. You may be like, girl, yes, that's me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm taking notes. But where are you putting in the action? Where are you taking the action? You may be listening. Don't just be hearers, be doers. That comes from the Bible. Look, <laughs> take action today, whether it is, Um, reaching out to a counselor, talking to a trusted friend, doing some journaling or joining other like-minded individuals um, that have the same goals as you. So here is my invitation to you. If you've listened to this podcast and you like this, I need more. I want to find out more about wellness, how I can put it into action in my life as a busy nurse because girl out here is struggling. Well, I get you. I I got you. Join my community by using the link below in the show notes. I share daily insights. I'm sharing tips. I'm sharing recipes. I'm sharing different self-care strategies so that you can create the healthier self-care so that you can adapt to busy nurse life. Click the link below to stay connected with me and also get your freebie. You can get a meal prep planner today by clicking that link and joining my email community and staying connected with me. Also, I want to invite you to like, comment, subscribe to this podcast and share with other nurses that you feel may benefit from this wellness, y'all. You can put your health and healing first. And it's okay to say, look, I don't have it all together. I feel I am not feeling my best. This is what's going on. It's okay to say that. Just because we're nurses does not mean we have it all together. Just because you graduated from nursing school does not mean you're going to be confident. But you do not have to stay that way. Here is one mantra that I say to myself on the regular. 
<laughs> and it's it's just something that I have had to say to myself, like when I feel like I'm not doing enough, when I feel like I should be doing more work, when I feel like I can be showing up another way. Yes, that helps me be productive. But at the same time, I want to honor and acknowledge the work that I am doing. So this is something that I say to myself. And you can, of course, come up with the positive affirmation for yourself as well. But this is how it goes. I will do my best. I will do my best with what I got because I show God a lot. So if that resonates with you, I want to hear from you. Let me know what is an affirmation that you share with yourself on a regular, something that encourages you, that is uplifting. I will do my best with what I got because I show God a lot. Tell yourself that over and over again. Um, And I just want to remind you, and I want to challenge you, you can still be on your healing journey while helping others. And this is your confirmation, sis. Don't forget to like, subscribe to my online community for more wellness insights. It's been real, y'all. Definitely enjoyed this conversation and I will see y'all next time. Bye.